Last week we ended up meeting the uh, new replacement Galach, for lack of a better word, who came to Pesel Micha, and Micha is absolutely thrilled, takes it as a simmer in a shamayim, that this is a wonderful operation. So, lesson number one is don't take any simonim in a shamayim. If you're going in the wrong direction, you didn't ask a proper shayla, because human nature will look for simonim when not only don't they exist, but it runs in quite the opposite direction. The person that comes is, according to one shita, a grandson of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is the biggest pella in this parsha. And today we're going to spend some time looking into what was behind that. And there's a shtick on the Mechtam Elio, which was uploaded, if you're listening out there. And it's on page 154. We're going to start. It's a three-page copy. And we're going to also get... You might be in Eretz Yisrael by the time we get to it, but get back to your Shaila at the very end of Shir to show you, at least as a Havmina for your Shaila, you're asking about the Shem Kedah, Shem Chol. It's Chol Pashtus, as I mentioned last week, but I want to show you some background to show you the Machlegas about it. But we might not get to that this week. Then we're going to try to figure out, based on the Sugim Chalik, exactly who he was and whether he's a Ben Elam Haba. So those three difficult things before we even get back to the Pusik. I wanted to see enough Psukim that he sets it up. He doesn't like the idea in the first place that he saw two weeks ago. He tells his mother he's not getting involved and all of a sudden he's so involved he's running a whole operation besides his chesed which probably would delude him into thinking he's a great guy. Because the Gemara says he gets some schar or prevents him from total losing of Olam Haba and it complicates things, which is strange. Mitzvahs never complicate things. They can only help, and it does help over here. Problem is, this particular mitzvah got many people to stop by and get involved. And that wasn't really good for him or anybody else. I'm asking that more as a kasha. Just hold that for a few weeks from now. Because if there's any tzad that that prevented some of the einish and maybe didn't get him completely thrown out of any possibility of Olam Haba. And we'll see, the Yad Rama says, not so. He says he lost his Olam Haba. He just got some schus by Olam and he seemed to have lived a long time. It's like the Gemara where uh, Achav went to battle and always won because there was less Lush and Hara, but they were all of Devar You can make the mistaken impression, Ani Yudi believe, and I'm a nice guy, and we're doing chesed. Everything's good. Everything's not good if you don't get into Olam Haba and you're not doing Ratzon Hashem. Is it better than the alternative? An Achav situation for the Achdus? Maybe, yeah, maybe not. But remind me when we get there, the jury's still out on that because maybe that gave them a false sense of security because they had success on the battlefield. Over here, it certainly gave them a false sense of security because you ask him in the street, he said, oh yeah, base Micha, great place. The omelets are fabulous and nice guy and a lot happening there and the key is a lot happening there and the happening wasn't uh, something that Clyde Stroll is going to benefit from that's an understatement, it's almost going to destroy everything so we're going to go back to the beginning back to Meshra Benu. Meshra Benu, as you all know has nothing on record that's an overt Avera doesn't mean he didn't have any mistakes 
these parshas, uh, how he deals with Maglam, Kairach, there's Mafilim in between Maglam and Kairach, and then some. So somebody mentioned to me, Shal Shus yesterday, he says, you know, the, you read these parshas, it can almost be depressing, like you, you feel bad, his Lashon you feel bad for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I said, don't feel bad for HaKadosh Baruch That's uh, an interesting uh, sentiment. <laughs> Uh, we, do, we should feel bad because coming up in the three weeks uh, and a few weeks from now is all about the Tzara Shechina. We're going to speak about it. It's the only time of year we do speak about it. And that's sort of it's feeling, but it's an expression you don't want to take the wrong way. Kosh Baruch Hu Be'etzem is perfect and needs nothing from us. So nothing to feel bad about. But Kaviachol, we talk about Tzara Shechina and feeling bad about that. We should feel bad about our position and not doing something about it, not doing more. I think the most optimistic silver lining in all these parshas, besides all the important lessons we learned, is that Meshra Benu, despite all the aggravation and sire, Agmas Nefesh, and near years, she never has years, and he always dives for Klai Yisrael, no matter what they're doing to him. That's not stam impressive. That's, uh, we don't find anybody besides Meshra Aaron able to do that. All leaders do that, Yeshua Benun's going to do it also, but under different, less trying circumstances because he's not Moshe Rabbeinu, even though he's close. So, the reason I'm giving the introduction is because whatever mistakes were made, they were costly because he's Moshe Rabbeinu, and we're not sure out of the ten different Mahalchem of what he did with that rock. We're still not sure what the mistake was, but there was some mistake or shortcoming that it could have been Mekadosh and Shemayim more. So, the mistake we're going to speak about today is along those lines, and after all said and done, the whole shtickle, and only of Desla can write like this, you're still not sure exactly how this can be called. Avera, it's not. It was a cheshpen mistake, or a cheshpen avera, which was almost not perceptible to the human eye. Moshe Rabbeinu had a sharper eye than anybody else, and his ruchnius. And afapikain, it ended up causing collateral damage. So you're thinking, well, the more we talk about how we have no shaykhs, the Moshe Rabbeinu's madrega, so what's the lesson for us? The answer is the lessons, the musr, the takeaway, and the zahiris you have to have is just as important. And that's why these things are written. That's why all the chazals are here to give you the background. And that's going to be very nagay to us, because we can't just patter ourselves and say, we're not getting involved with anybody else, we're not doing any kiruv, we're not doing... Kirov is, uh, is an imperative, Kirov Kravim, Kirov Rechaikim, if you're set up for it. The Shaili is at what expense and when, if, or if and when, you're allowed to put yourself in a matzav where the surroundings can have an effect on your ruchnius. Is that ever mutter? When is it mutter? What do you have to watch out for? And whatever we say, Moshe Rabbeinu was very aware of all the things you have to watch out for. And Afal Pikain, we're now in Pesel Micha with Yenison ben Gershom ben Menashe. And Menashe said in a nice way, because we don't want to mention Moshe, even though it's Moshe. So that's a pretty big Pella, which is not going to become less Pellic as we go through this, but it's supposed to be learning being and what we're supposed to try to figure out is the Asara here. So with that introduction, one more Hakdama. Vayal Meshul Lashavet Esaish, which is the main raya to the fact that it was Moshe Rabbeinu's grandson, the parallel psukim. So Vayal Meshe, as the sefer, named after Vayal Meshe, Moshe Rabbeinu swore. There are two ways to learn this. Either he made a shvua that the deal is okay, you could stay here. Shver is talking to him, who became very great. 
has a parsha named after him. I don't know too many people who have a parsha named after him except for the very bad people. I'm saying, <laughs> either you're very great or you're very, but you're very something. <laughs> so they didn't name it after me and you. So Yisra makes a deal with him, insists, if you want to stay here, room and board, safety, I'm not giving in to Pyro and I don't believe in his regime and uh, we're going to survive, which he did, even though he was being harassed himself. That's when Meshach Rabbeinu meets him. He's in Chayim already. So he's a good person, really growing at great risk. So the deal is, the first son is Muktash Lovar You know the words don't mean Muktash Lovar but at that point he wasn't an Avar anymore. Quite the opposite. He was Mesa Nefesh for the right thing. So he had his mahalach that, you know, I became strong and I became Yisra through my searching and I came to the MS, we're going to put him through that also. Which, I like to be Melamitzchus, because Yisra is Yisra. If you do that and you survive, that could be very positive and very strong and a way to come to the MS with contrast. Uh, how do I say this? As you've noticed, it's not the minig. We don't send kids to public school and then to the worst, most left-wing rapidly damaging anti-Semitic anti-Semitic is a Sakana issue we don't send them to such a massive and say okay you're on your own you better figure out the MS maybe you will maybe Yetzirah will convince you to be self-atumult you'll never even have time to think about it and that's a dangerous proposition so that's not the meaning and we have a million and one chazals that say that it's not a mahalach and it's usher this is before Mount Terror. And Moshe Rabbeinu happened to be, I'm sure this is part of the decision, grew up like that in the palace. He had uh, side tutoring from Yechevet and Amram and no doubt Miriam and Aaron. And, but that was all on the side. He grew up in a palace in a very hostile environment, hostile to his Ruchnias. And he became Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, so there are exceptions, but it's still Kedemat and Terah. So what you're allowed to do Kedemat and Terah doesn't mean it's a Mahalach after and Terah. And every single Mishnah and Brice that talks about Chinuch says not so. So there's no Shaila. This cannot be done. L'chatchila. Yisro insisted on it. It's Kedemat and Terah. And Moshe Rabbeinu said yes. And the name of that son was Gershon. And it went very well. Gershon was very hush. As a matter of fact, the Pasuk, the young man who comes running to Moshe Rabbeinu about what's going on with Elder Meidah just recently. This just happened. So he's Gershon and speaks about him as, doesn't say his name. Who else could be so hush that he's in charge of Moshe Rabbeinu? So hush of Moshe Rabbeinu to Havamina that when it's time to appoint leaders, Dine Yerusha, he brings it up and he brings up his children because that's the din. The din is, it's not nepotism as a negative thing. That's the din, if they're a bar Apparently they were in the Parsha, or else Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't have brought it up. Moshe Rabbeinu was extremely honest, that's an understatement. So he brought it up, and Hashem said, yes, a good Havamina, but Yeshua Ben-Nun did even more in his mysterious nefesh as a Talmud, and therefore he's the person. Okay, there's a Havamina, so Gershon's very great, and he goes on to live like that and die like that. And then he has a son who has an issue with money and Parnassa, very from otherwise, and ends up getting a job here, misunderstanding a Chazal, that my Zayda, my Heilige Zayda said that it's better to be patient and available, Shuk, rather than have to come on to a, a handout, and um, I'll find my own way. And speaking of Kirov, his keep in mind, as he operates, and we'll see, which is the beginning of the Misa, he uses his time and talents and prestige, to talk people out of it, which is a chesha mishpat issue, which I don't have a great answer to. He's being paid to get people involved. 
I didn't see a lot of Mepharshim talking about this prat, but that's an important... Uh, so you say, well, there's no Kenya like that. Okay, so don't take the paycheck. So the paycheck is just generally run the operation, make sure they don't steal the Avodah which is a bad example because they're actually going to do that soon. And about a month from now, in a very big way, and he joins them. So how do you take a paycheck? And there's no taina on the dishonesty. I'm throwing out that question. I, I didn't see a great answer. But he's not into it, and he spends his time. He says, you want to bring uh, some flour and some fruits to that? You're out of your mind. He didn't say it like that, probably. He said, you know, just, just leave it here. Well, uh, the human beings can use it more, which is true. And uh, don't put too much stock in this thing. And when they come back, a whole delegation, the guys will steal it later on. Uh, we're going out to battle to conquer a city. Sheva Don, we need more room. It's an expansion. Uh, you have any aphid around here besides the actual Geshko? The peasant, they had an aphid or two, you know, just for regular fortune telling and the like. That's also part of Kishif of Adazar and also many Yisurim. And But they went to the Galach and said, Can you ask the aphid over here? We're going to be Masliach. And he's going to give him an answer. That's part of your things with the Shem Hashem, which we'll get to. He gives him an answer. He says, Hashem uh, is going to be with you because you're conquering Yisrael. That's a mitzvah. You need an achalah. And why do you want to ask this thing? So he's very condescending on the things that are supposed to be getting covered according to his job description. And is not overly excited on any day. Okay, so he would look at that as a cure of operation. You can't have a cure of operation being the galach for an avodazar. That's part of the subject we're about to see. So shot number one is Vayel Moshe Ish. It was a real deal. It was a real shvua. Moshe Rabbeinu might not have been thrilled about it, but he's the one taking care of it. It's his father-in-law. He's getting married and got to make the deal for the first son, not for the other ones. Ended up only being two. So 50% of them. The second Mahalach, the steward's the first, Avdesla takes the Mahalach that Vayel Moshe Ish doesn't have to be Dafka. He actually made a shvua officially. There was a conversation. It's the mere fact, and this is what we're going to go into now, the mere fact that he was macabre to stay around for so long in such an environment that was not pristine. Yisra was growing. He wasn't there yet. He had figured out that everything else he tried wasn't really worth much. And he's looking into Yiddishkeit and the real Akash Baruch and that's going to work eventually. Moshe Rabbeinu, as a Kira move, understood that if I leave, he might not make it, and that he's a very, very talented, intelligent person, and it's good for the world. And if Moshe Rabbeinu knew at this point, it was good for Klai Yisrael, but he probably figured he's my shver, he's probably going to come in and join us after Mount Terra, before Mount Terra brings the parents. And he's going to be so valuable, he's going to give advice, we're going to name a parsha after him, we're going to beg him to come to Yisrael, so we've got to make sure he gets to the finish line. And that's not going to happen if I'm not here. And therefore, Vayel Moshe Shevazish is he wants me to stay, and we'll see in a pretty interesting way, he sort of like arranges that he must stay. If you want to keep the Edim at home, if you put him in jail, it'll work. Because then he can't get out. Of course, you all know that, Tiger Yenison. Moshe Rabbeinu was very strong, and the jail, I can't imagine, was Rikers Island. And it wasn't built like Fort Knox. So why didn't he just leave? Especially if is feeding him the whole time. We're talking about years. So as he asked Cipera one time, he says, you know, this uh, mashed potato matzav over here, whatever she's bringing, hiding away, uh, this is not a matzav, not that he's makbeh in the food, but I'm down here in the cellar. Can you just bring me the key? He could have done that. He didn't. 
she would have helped him and she didn't suggest it why not just take a new measure she might know for many years take a second look at it like why didn't he leave he couldn't leave he's in jail he has money doesn't have money doesn't have an army working for him so why did he leave the answer is Desla is going to suggest based on another talking of medicine Hidafka didn't leave, he could have left. He didn't leave because it was very uncomfortable, but if he leaves, Yisro might not make it. <coughs> and he wants as a tremendous chesed in Kiruv, he thinks it's good for Yisro, probably good for him eventually, join Klai Yisro, become a ger, and it worked! And Rav Desla is going to learn, you'll see Misa Chadvarim, that's why you need this introduction, that's Labdafka. Maybe he agrees with the Pashup shop, but Lavdafka they had an official deal. It's the fact that he stays there, he's agreeing, whether he knows it or not, to have the things that are going around that are not so I I I seep in. And that's agreeing that some of this Krumahashkafa, Yisra wasn't there yet, he meant well, is gonna seep in and could affect himself, his family, or future Darius, as in Vayo, he's gonna same lush in the Pasig, is Yanis and Megeshim and Manasha is going to be okay with being a galach in an operation, whatever the cheshbenis of Kirov and Panasa were, and it's not okay. And I only got that idea because his grandfather stayed around in this massive. Fascinating idea. That's why I'm going to show you parts of this Mechtamilia when Saab. Only Rav Desla can write like this. But he has rayas. Everything has a rayas from Tagim Yenison. Tagim Yenison has a Lushan. He was there for Kirov. He was there to Mechaev Yisro, and that's why he stayed. But by staying, Rav Desla is going to suggest you're agreeing subconsciously to be okay with what you're seeing because the first time you see you get very angry and the next time you hear it's a krumashkafa you get annoyed and then afterwards it's not so bad that's the problem with having tumors swirling around you and this is already Yisro's house which was getting better all the time so that's my introduction now we'll see it inside that's why this is so important I'm not even going to see the whole thing certain brackets which we'll get to yes Yisro's legacy is considered yeah, sure. Sadiq said that become the besides Rus, like he's the Gare, he's in the top one of Gerim. What? Uh, he actually went back. Part of the Sikh was, why don't you come with us? I gotta go back home. He wasn't going back home because the pizza was better in Midjan. He's going back home. He said, I have family, I gotta be a Makai of them, I wanna be a Makai of them. And he did. He went back home and he joined. He or his children joined later and his descendants became the highest members. They were learning by Yaivitz and they went to Yeshiva Tanegev, which was uh, um, that was the first original version of it. What? Uh, enough that they made a tremendous Roshan Meklaizo. No, he's up there. We don't have any negative things after this. And it wasn't even his fault. It's just that if Meshra Bena was staying for Kiruv, that means he's not there yet. If he's not there yet, this is not downgrading the imperative of what Kiev is supposed to be, and it's a shver, but he's living in the middle of it, and he's got a big household, and not everybody was there, and they were all holding in different places, and you're in the middle of it. And that can have collateral damage. There's some going today in Israel that claim that they are anti-Semitic. It's amazing, with the amount of anti-Semitism in the world, it's really hard to understand, because all the going claim they're Jewish. <laughs> so I never really understood, how can there be so many anti-Semites? There's every single group as a tie-in. We're the real Jews. We're the, everybody wants to be Jewish. 
I got a lot of people from Israel to Africa to all sorts of, uh, in America, we got people, uh, all sorts of uh, tribes and colors and backgrounds. And uh, uh, I'm a big believer, if you do a proper Geiris with a proper learning and real Kabbalah, we're going to take you anyway. So what do you need the background for? It's, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe historically there's something to it, but Lamaisa, when the Ethiopians came, as we still insist now, but the left-wing agenda took it over right away. I remember the blaring headlines then. From people, I got talking to Garam, you're just as Jewish, you suffered as a Jew, and therefore you're Jewish. They took Hitler Mahshima's definition of Judaism. Isn't that great? That's the, you're Jewish enough. So they hijacked the whole thing, and most of them were not Megayer because um, they were convinced otherwise. That's a tremendous avla. You really want to become a haftimist, a potential gear, a suffer gear, suffer gear. You really want to help them, help them, but they don't know anything about Yiddishkeit, so how can they do that? That's, that's the problem, and all those cases are like that. So maybe historically, there is something there. Once upon a time, it's better for the yichus if they're not Jewish, because then they'll shash mamzeris. Be far better if less history you start laying on it, the less uh, sveikas we have. Just for the uh, for the record, and I was uh, I was on the base once, and one of them, a uh, young man, Bnei Brak, was learning in a Friday yeshiva, and, and we, I was at a geiris, call it a suffolk geiris, whatever you want to call it. But we did a tavas dam, we went to the mikveh, and uh, we didn't make a bracha, and we had the ayikichel afterwards, and daven mincha. And I told him the story. He asked me, "What nusach should I daven?" He whispered as I was saying Ashrei. Comes over to me, "Ezen nusach." He's been learning yeshiva for a couple of years, so I looked at him, asked him where he's learning. He told me the name. I wasn't surprised. It was a Friday yeshiva. And I said, Eduta Mizrach is just fine. I could have said Ashkenaz Nusach Hagro and named him Likvach. If he's a Gare, he's a Gare. But he was already uh, used to that, so you want to make it as uh, seamless as possible. He's from that part of the world. That's fine. But he was, he was the real deal. That's the way it should be. But not too many people made it because they were convinced that this is some Haredi plot to just give them a rough time, like we have plenty of time just to be here, to give people a rough time. i got plenty of time in my day. Why not? Nothing else to do. So, instead of seeing the care and concern. So, care and concern must be there. The question is uh, what the damage is. So, let's see the top line on page 154. Keep in mind, Meshach Rabbeinu shows up. Yisra already was very mufresh mevadazar. He was already in Chayim, and he was suffering from it. That's why they were being harassed as they're trying to draw water. That's when Meshach Rabbeinu came on the scene. Shenidu. Because he proclaimed later, and he meant it because he actually tried all the other ones. And he says, that's the altar from Kelm. You want to know how to go down history as a tremendous, tremendous tzaddik who really searched very hard and didn't leave any stone unturned. If you're starting from where he started, that's the only way he could do it. He's not there yet, but Meshach Ben was convinced. If I stay around long enough and show him the MS, it will work. So was Moshe Rabbeinu correct in this? The answer is yes. It worked at the end, and he became Yisrael and joined Klai Yisrael, and the descendants joined Klai Yisrael, and it worked. The problem is 
the collateral damage which was not perceptible to the naked eye, not even to Meshur Rabbeinu, not even his Ruchni Yazdika eye, and it only came out later in Muncie at the Novishir. So that's a little hard to see. That's why my first introduction was call this an Avera, it's not an Avera. Was it a Cheshpin mistake on some level for Meshur Rabbeinu? Yes. Dak Shabadak, Tzel Shabatzel, but it's going to be there. Next paragraph. He was not there yet. Can't call him a Hashem. He was realizing everything else is Sheker. That is a reference to this Targum Yenison that says that he was in jail for many years. He put him in jail because he had enough of an issue with his local townspeople and they put him a cham there harassing his daughters. He didn't want to start up with the most powerful government in the world and Pyro was going to find out. And he was, they had Shaykhus already. He was his former advisor. So they probably have agents already looking at him. It's all he needs is Moshe Rabbeinu is the number one fugitive of the law. His picture is in every post office. And they're going to find out Yisro took him as a son-in-law and he's whining and dining him to make sure he stays around and marries his daughter and he's in the house. Yisra is going to get killed if they get wind of that. Just to defend, why would you want to put your son-in-law in jail? It's not talking about he has sikhsuch afterwards. Can't have sikhsuch HaMosh He's too perfect in his midas. He put him in... He told Tzipara to go back out quickly. Maybe he'll marry you. But then he put him in jail when he found out what was going on. So that's a little unusual. And... Um, and uh, somebody once complained to me his shver pulled a gun on him. So I said, Yeshua didn't pull a gun on you. I, I know I'm talking to Yeshua. He said, well, a, he's going to claim he was joking. It was a gun. <laughs> I said, you know what? In the context of things, there are a couple of riots from Tanakh. I've seen worse. <laughs> so he looks at me. says, really? Said, yeah, Shaul and David had uh, some dangerous uh, situations there. And uh, Yisra put Moshe Rabbeinu in jail. He said, really? I said, no, it's a targum. The other one's a pasuk or two or three or ten or twenty. We learned it here in the shir. So he says, Taka, not so bad. Just as long as I was Menachem him, that's all. They're still married. Baruch Hashem. So, <laughs> yeah, it's great. If you have all the rayas from the Midrashim and all the psukim, you know, so you can almost calm anybody down. So, Lamaisa, he put him in jail, and that's the reference over here. He's alluding to the fact, that's why I mentioned it in the Agdama. Moshe Rabbeinu, we're just used to the fact that yeah, it's a chazal, it's a tiger man, he was in jail, couldn't get out. That's ridiculous. That's Tzipera is feeding him. You could put a little saw on the cake and he'll get out. <laughs> she brings him food every day. Yisro, no doubt, knew about it. He just had enough cover that a pyro finds out he could say he didn't know about it. So why did he leave? The answer is, he was makabal, chayetzar, Moshe Rabbeinu, k'te lekarev, oisa, Yisro, el he suffered for 10 years in this matzah because he knew that if he stays around, Yisra will become Yisra, which is incredible, Messias Nefesh, to be Makari of Hishver. So that's the good news. The 
there's still some, because there's still some taina on his madrega to focus the magnifying glass on the damage this caused later on, the seed that it planted. He stayed Baratzen. He could have gotten out of jail, taken Sipara, not taken Sipara, he had a right to take Sipara if they're married, and leave. Where is he going? He doesn't know. He's still a fugitive of the law. Meshavah didn't get the Nevoah by the snare yet. Okay? Doesn't have to stay there. Vayel. Yael is, again, Lashna Chazal is, he promised, uh, Rades is going to say, it doesn't have to mean Dafka, he promised him an official deal. By staying, he's basically assuring that something will seep in. Lloyd Ella, because the accepting of the matzav, of staying in this matzav, which means he's sworn to it, means an expression, he's now married to this, he's going to stay in this matzav for a long, long time. Anything that might come about as a result. Again, it's not a conscious decision. That's why Avdesa is being very careful with the Lashonis here. Badakas Panimius Lavova. It means deep down the recesses of his heart, but something he could have bevarned. Kvar Muskum Hu Shagam Es Benoi Bechoiroi, the first child being born, living in this matzav, more than the second child. Matter of fact, the second child leaves just around the brist time. We know that for a fact. So, whatever the uh, matzav was in the younger years, and Moshe Rabbeinu, if this is pointed out, would say, Chalila v'chas. We don't, want, we don't want that to happen. We don't want any shaykhs. I'm just here to be a makar of him. Lamaisa, something got into the DNA. Yimshech ha'idezeh l'tzad avalazar, gamadayta tahachi misratzeh. And it's Ke'ilu is being misratzeh to that eventuality. Afshal adibar Moshe v'gam lo chashav kezais. Even though you could say Pshat Nagamari is it wasn't an actual deal where Yisra said the first son's love Lavadazar. Many learned Pashup Shad also, not necessarily Stira, but he says Lavdafka. It wasn't necessarily spelled out, and Meshabeno wouldn't necessarily agree to that. The first shot we gave is that it was an official deal and he agreed to it, understanding that it worked for him, worked for Yisra, we'll take the risk. That's that's the only choice I have. He's saying, even if he never actually verbalized this. The fact that he is staying in this matzah for so long, despite the fact that Yisro and the family weren't really from yet. That's the way it's going to happen in a small amount of call it poison that might get in. And by staying in the matzah, you're accepting it on some level. Chazal couch it in the term of you're agreeing to such a thing and you're swearing to it. That's a bigger chiddush than the first shot that they actually made a deal. Made a deal, at least you know what you're up against. I think it will be a kavachimer that that's going to be a problem because then he's officially learning all the dakiyavodazara here. He never made such a deal. He's just saying, by staying in this matzah, you're agreeing that the things going around you will be noticed, picked up, and incorporated into the neshama. Even if you say it's wrong, it's still going to seep in on some level. This is so important, especially Bizman Azeh. We think we're so separate and not connected. We have to work every day to be as unconnected, disconnected as possible. And even with that, things seep in. 
and we think, okay, but we know this is crumb and this is garbage and this is. But the more we give it any time by staying in a matzah or even listening to something, reading something for a minute too long, like a minute, that's a minute too long already. That's already a problem. That's the whole message of what he's developing over here. And it happened even to Moshe Rabbeinu. What? His grandson, the one we're talking, is the chief Galach in the Mich operation. He just walked in one minute late. But that's the, that's the context over here. We're trying to figure out how did this happen? How can some grandson of Moshe Rabbeinu? Not a distant descendant. And, and he saw it. So Gershom, this is, how, how does it happen? So that's what Death is trying to explain. Which Chazal say, Vayel Moshe Shavazish is connected to this, Vayel, that he's going to stay with Micha. And despite the fact he met Lashem Kirv and it's just a job and he misunderstood a Chazal. But where was the seed for this? Skip down three lines to the next paragraph. Ayin Targum Yenisim, Sheikh says Moshe Rabbeinu, Avosham Lemalz Ben Abachar. He stopped him. Either it was Beferish part of the deal that you can't mal him and you got to bring him up on my track and he'll come to the MS or. Lamaisa, it was the understanding, and then he told him, I don't want a bris meal happening yet. And Moshe Rabbeinu, for the sake of the Kirov, said, Look, we'll delay it a little bit. Bris meal is more complicated because Kaidamat and Teira, bris meal already was on the books. So, how do you delay that? And delaying a bris meal even for a short while, as we see with Moshe Rabbeinu at the hotel, is a dangerous proposition. But he felt over here, he has no choice. It's his wife, it's a Shreer. Kozman Shibabesa, as long as you're in my house. Yisra didn't allow it. Whether it was an actual shvu or just an understanding or the inevitable result. First line is The end result was that now we're up to Pesel Micha and the grandson of Mesha, Nasa Kaimer Lavarazara. Shnamra Pesamicha, Yanisan Ben Gershom, it's supposed to be a mem, not a nun. Ben Menasha Darshazal Ben Mesha Haya. And just to have the covet of Mesha Benu, so it's called Ben Menasha in the Tayyim with he's like Menasha who was Khitiya Mahtisaram before he did Chuva in the Avarazar department. The Darshuzal Ben Mesha Haya, the Gam Khazla Isa Inyan Mamesha Haya, Mesha Venalabasham, Shanamra Shambayel, Halevi, Lashavis Esaish. Eerily the same exact Lushan which is not lost on Chazal. And now, just two generations later, it's not a deal that you came to the MS with the contrast of Avarazar. He is from, and he's still from in other ways, and he agrees to take a job as the director in a base of Avarazar. So once you know how such a notion would get into the system, he made a lot of mistakes. You can't do this for Panasa. And you can't do this for Kirov working in a base of Arazar. You can't do that for Kirov. Even though you'll pick up a few people who come in really excited about the Avarazar and you'll dampen their enthusiasm, which no doubt he did well. You might even talk about of it. Uh, but the fact that he's there at the end of the day, talk somebody out of something. If they're smart, they'll turn around and say, What are you doing here? Then he's going to say, Well, somebody's got to do the Kirov over here, and I need a job, and there's a Chazal that I misunderstood, but that's a different story. Well, explaining at the end of the day, in their mind's eye, they see a very muchasdik person standing here associated with this base of Arazara. And you can't associate with something that you can't be Miyashiv. And you can't be Miyashiv it. So, a lot of this going on today.
just in recent uh, years, very recent, and it's getting worse by the day, I think maybe by the hour. I've alluded to it in various uh, drushes recently. Just to sound the alarm is people don't realize what's, um, what's going on because Baruch Hashem is not right here, but whatever's out there, if you don't reinforce the disconnection, as so that we were discussing on Shabbos, it's, um, it's interesting because you never miss a shir or a drusha. And with all my Ramazim and more Beferish Ramazim, you were still shocked, right? So he says, oh, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> so it's uh, an under... If you ask them, the probably say, no, it's just for Kiru, if you want to do it again, and you're destroying the Messiah, and taking out Pesukim Mechumish. It's going on. And people who still hold themselves to be Orthodox. Low human. So... That's going on. But at the end of the day, you can have whatever justification. If you're the Galach over here, you're giving Hesher Shnebel. And that's a big issue. That can destroy Klai Yisrael. And this will almost destroy Klai Yisrael. Pesel Mitcham Begiva. The last two and put separately in Navi because this was as close as it came. Like Meraglim and Chet Egel, there are only like four or five of these in history where there's almost nothing left. Good news is Hashem gave a haftacha, and there are always some good yidden who are willing to understand they made a mistake and try to fix it up in the right way. And fighting for Pelegish Begiva, which we didn't get to yet, was the right thing to do, but it was the wrong order. And you can't be asleep at the wheel and ignore Pesel Micha and then go fight for covered Basavadam. But you should fight for covered Basavadam. And that Avla was an Avla, but. And they realized that after losing a couple of large battles and tens of thousands of people. What was that? No, it's a shy, yeah. And the Shiloh one, they were in the first place, either at the very beginning of the two, but they're put together for this lesson is that people naturally get more up in arms, literally and figuratively, when there's a very going on and it's a human issue as well. That's a problem. Because you can't put that over the cover of the Shechina. And here, it was very fuzzy and warm and food involved and an uh, operation for hospitality. And, uh, okay, there's a Vodazar going on, but it's orthodox Vodazar. It's not so bad. And it's, uh, but it's good food, Lamaisa. And it's a free operation. Mamish Lechesed going on over there. And they're very good hearts, these people. So it was ignored for a couple. Yeah, yeah, kosher food. Glot. Yashem, no doubt. Yashan, that's Israel. You can't be making on Yashan, that's Israel. Yashan, they checked all the vegetables. And in the dining room, the room behind it, after you finished eating, after dessert, after Zmiris, somebody gave it to our stomach. Maybe they learned Pesel Micha Bein. And then they, uh, and then, you know, before you go. Well, that a guest speaker, yes. You know, a guest speaker or two or three. And, and the guest speaker no doubt said, you know, it's not l'chatchila, what are you doing here? It's not for you, it is for you. But it exists as an operation. It existed for a long time. So then you wonder, how do you lose tens of thousands of people by Pelegis Begiva? What's the sheiches? All the madrashim say the same thing. There's, there's a pestle going on in the middle of Kleistral, and they moved it up north, but they still had two branches. And, and nobody said anything. So that's unfortunately rings very... Contemporary and certain Takufas more, certain Takufas less. So, again, only Rav Dessler can put all this together, but he goes on. If Moshe Rabbeinu, who would see more than anybody else, some small tale of a tale of an Akuda didn't see this, bottom paragraph. 
So you see here how important it is to understand the value and the impression your Saviva makes. It puts the Mishnah, any Daryl Mokum Teira, in a new context and a bigger pedestal. Because this is what it's all about. So what do you mean, Daryl? Why, why do you think they wanted him to... This is a pro-cure of Shmuz, not anti. Just it's with all the red flags to understand that you've got to protect yourself and your family and then where you could do it on your turf. What's that in Dell Why do they want to pay him $5 billion to sign up to go there? What they want him to, was a basketball tour? Why do they want him to come? He was a Gadla day. It was a Tamachacham, it's the Rebbe. They want you to come teach. That's the context of the Mishnah. Why should have come? And he said, I appreciate that and I understand. Sorry. So it doesn't mean that's always the rule, but you have to, there's a shaitl over here. It's when yes and when not. He felt he wasn't protected enough. That's what Mavdesla is talking about over here. We have managed to, the early decades in America, they were trying to tread water and build it up slowly. So it's not a taina on those yechidei skula. But it's a lot easier to have a mini kail of a bunch of families than have one person out in the bundaks fighting a battle that he can't win and his kids are getting affected. It's been done sometimes successfully, but it's obviously harder than building a critical mass, even if it's smaller, and then branching out. And that's the uh, issue here. You can have the best covenants in the world. That's what Misha is talking about. Deep down, you're being maskim to hear and see all the krumkite of going on on some level. That means you're being mavater on something. That some level, it's not that bad. You're willing to make do with it. L'shem Shemayim, of course. Levatak Tzas Alan Hagasa Ba'avedas, page two. Das Lekabok Tzas Mikulos Hasviva Shahilach Etzla. And you're willing to pick up, yeah, the Takamekal on this, they're not really keeping it at all, and they have an excuse. You're giving a Hesher Stample that's worse than that. It's not the Chil Hashem Shabbat per se. That's a problem also. It's the fact that. You just lowered your own madrega. And you're basically agreeing, even though you're not doing it consciously, to scale back the level that your family members and maybe future family members will have. It can lead even to being a galach in a base of Arazara. And even though consciously you didn't agree, but it's already... Finding a place deep down. So you're basically making a shvua that you're accepting this on some level. And he says the good news is that when you upgrade and you associate with people equal or higher, even though you didn't get there yet, you're not holding there yet, but you're basically making a decision to upgrade because that will seep in in a positive way. You're in a mokom, it's ruach and growth in yiras Hashem. And we know this works in a very positive way. Even though they didn't even move there, they happened to land there. But all of a sudden they find themselves and right away they're with, oh, it's not for me, they're holding a different place. It will seep in in a stronger way. He's going to say, 
And it will force you to grow. So you're making a conscious decision if you're in this matzav and you're not a late and you're not trying to destroy, it will push you to grow. That's any deal of Makam all the positive results, that will be your schus for making the initial decision to at least put yourself in a matzav where you will be able to do this just by looking at it and by the natural progression, it will cause an upgrade. And that will cut to his schus, and if this goes in a negative direction, there's more siyat in a positive direction. So now you understand why you have to see this inside. This is all the message of what went wrong by Pesel Micha. And the positive side is if you use this Lataiva, you'll become better even though that wasn't even the original plan consciously. He's going to bring some fascinating riots from Ramban by Aisha's Light and some other riots. And Mitzvah Shem will finish that next week. All Hashkafa. All Hashkafa.